there. This is Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And this week, we are back to the world of Disney. Oh, baby. That's right. We are done with Spooky Month. It is officially November now, which means it's pre-Christmas. And for pre-Christmas, we're, <laughs> we're starting off with uh, uh, yet another Disney movie. We are moving on to the revival era <gasps> of Disney, which basically just means any of the modern Disney movies. Uh. Um, also, this is our 200th episode of Shoot the Flick. So a lot of cool things happening here today. Uh, Scotty, what iconic Disney film did we choose to celebrate our 200th episode? Um, Oh no. (laughs) Scott gave a little sigh there. We chose Princess and the Frog. Released in 2009. And this is interesting. I would say it's a mixed bag and we're definitely going to talk about it. It is iconic and, and memorable for the obvious things, right? It's the first black animated Disney princess, which is insane that this came out in 2009 and it's the first black princess, but that's besides the point. It also marks a return to 2D animation for the Disney company after a lot of CGI bubble animation that came out of the 2000s, like early 2000s. And I I like to think that if uh, you took, uh, let's say, Chicken Little, who we discussed on a prior episode, and like, I don't know, someone out of fucking Meet the Robinsons, and you like rub them together, they would make the noise that like balloons make when you rub them together. They're just like, I I call it like bubble or squeaky animation, because it's not normal CGI. It just looks very plasticky. And weird. Yeah, Tudia <laughs> has always kind of looked better. Yeah, especially in regards to Disney, and like it harkens back in a way to the classic princess fairy tale kind of thing that Disney is known to do. However, it does modernize it and, you know, to oversimplify it instead of, you know, wishing on a star and making dreams come true by doing quote unquote nothing. You have a princess that works her ass off and makes her dreams come true. I feel like just a little bit of an aside, I feel like Cinderella does get a bad rap for that a little bit because she has a whole song about, oh, a dream is a wish your heart makes. And it makes it sound like she really didn't do anything to make her dreams happen. It's it's that could be argued uh, another day. But uh, yeah, but it's a fairy tale. It's not like life. Fairy tales aren't life. We all know that you can dream all you want, but you have to work hard to get to those dreams. Right, and this movie definitely does share that message, which I think is definitely a positive thing that comes out of the movie. The reason that I wanted really to do this one uh, out of all of the revival era movies, because, I mean, we're talking about... I think this is like the first of the revival era. We have like this entangled starts it off, and then we go all the way to now with like Encanto and what was the last oh Strange World god knows we weren't going to talk about Strange World I finally watched that it's a piece of shit but anyway (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> it's just, it's rough. But the reason that I chose this one is because I do remember it being a mixed bag. I'd only seen it once, I remember. And I remember it being a mixed bag and it being disappointing that it was a mixed bag. Again, for obvious reasons, because it's the first black princess in the lexicon for Disney. And they kind I don't want to say they have asked it, but like in some ways it's very paint by numbers and in other ways it, it just drops the ball completely I feel like well it's funny because the first 30 minutes or so mm-hmm. is great is great that's the thing that frustrates me yeah because so there are parts of this movie that are really 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 good like S tier Disney stuff and then and then it just kind of crumbles. Yeah, it just like falls off a cliff after that. Yeah, it's it's really it sucks. It really kind of sucks. But uh, overall I had a positive experience rewatching this movie. I think I liked it more the second time around watching it cuz I I feel like I just watched it with a more focused eye this time, so I just I got more out of it. But Scotty had never seen this movie before and I felt like you know, it's it's rare that us 90s kids haven't seen a kids movie that came out of like the 90s and early 2000s. So I'm like, you know what, let me uh, expand Scotty's mind here a little bit. Um, and I feel like overall you had a positive experience. Well, yeah. I, you were just disappointed like I was a little bit at well, the end. Like, again, I really like Tiana. I really like her too. I really like Facilier. I really like him too. <laughs> It's just, I feel like those two are such at another level. Some of the designs, especially when Facilier does his songs and stuff, looks great. It's amazing. But then other stuff is like, it never reaches that level. And I feel disappointed that it doesn't get back to that level. Like, I remember when this movie came out, because we were juniors in high school. And I remember people having legitimate gripes about... Oh, we have finally have a black Disney princess, and she's a frog for more than half the movie. Yeah, she turns into a frog 30 minutes into the movie, roughly. And in total, Tiana's in the movie for roughly 40 minutes out of this runtime. And she spends 17 of those minutes as human and 23 minutes as a frog. Which, if you look at it that way, it doesn't seem that bad. And I don't know, that's the thing, I don't know how they would fix it with I, the story. I don't think you can. I like think she it, has to be a frog for some portion of the movie, enough that it's like a significant Well, no, you're right. Thing. It, it, you, you are right. It, but the animation of her and Naveen as frogs is so simplistic and th- their faces aren't really expressive at all. And there are points where, like, you know how in, like, Lion King, when they do Can You Feel the Love Tonight, Mm -hmm. and Simba and Nala are giving each other sexy eyes, and you kind of buy into it because they're, like, well-developed characters, and their faces are, like, actually expressive and shit. Um, I feel like Tiana's pretty well-developed. Maybe Naveen's a little weak, but I feel like Tiana's pretty well-off here in the development of her character. It's just, I feel like a lot of it is in the animation. They're, they're not really super expressive. They're not super appealing as frogs. And I guess you're not supposed to be. Like, they shouldn't be hot frogs. I mean, that would probably be weirder. But, like, they're both so hot 
as humans. Like, oh, yeah. Tiana's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Fucking Naveen is arguably one of the hottest Disney princes, just physically. Yeah, he's he's good looking. So it's like, and I feel like they had more chemistry as humans than they ever did as frogs. They yeah, they do have chemistry as and humans. Like I hate to sound shallow, but like yeah, yeah, but, man. But I don't know. I I Naveen is also I think an issue. I I, just, I feel like you hated Naveen. I really, I, I, I thought it was fine. I didn't really have a strong opinion know. either way. But that's that's the thing though, like. I don't like him as a person in this movie. I don't feel like Tiana would ever be like, oh, yeah, let me fall for this fucker. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that just comes down to the chemistry thing, maybe. I don't know. I mean, let, I'm trying to think of it. I'm literally thinking this out as I'm as we're going through this episode here. So think about the Beast, right? In Beauty yeah. and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast, uh, Prince, I think his name is Eric, right? Yes. Let's go with that. Eric or Adam? Who fucking knows? Who cares? He's the Beast. So, he's probably, no, Eric is Little Mermaid. What the fuck am I talking about? It's Adam. Fuck. Sorry. Sorry, Little Mermaid stands. Don't come for me. The Beast is arguably one of the most, like, rough and gruff, violent, abusive, like characters right and yes. he has a turnaround and w- whether you think it's stockholm syndrome we can argue that another day but the point is he's probably the most difficult on paper prince to come around to like and you do i, I just feel like naveen that there's nothing i feel like I he's want, not well-rounded really i don't want to like beast is a good character in a movie like i feel like he's he's trying but he's so ingrained in his ways and he's like there's something you want to grab there as a character right i don't feel like naveen is that like we get that little moment with him i think when he's mincing that's the thing too it's like his character's turnaround is that he can cut up fucking vegetables like i don't know man and like i get it because he's a prince and he's spoiled or whatever that's not the first, you know, princely trope we've had in Disney either. Oh, I mean, no. fucking the Beast was a fucking spoiled brat. Oh yeah, in Beauty and the Beast. But again, he his turnaround was more believable, probably because he was more well developed. I feel like they put a lot of stock in Naveen just being like a player and like having an accent, and didn't really develop him as a full rounded person. So then, when you get tiana as a frog or as a human who is a well-developed character and who you do really root for saddled with this fucking guy who you don't really know he just plays the fucking ukulele and acts like a dick all aboard this you don't really get that like heart to him that you want so it kind of falls flat maybe maybe that's why i don't know i mean on paper it should work I feel like out of the two of them with this couple, though, Naveen would definitely be the problem. I didn't have an aversion to him like Scott did. It seemed like Scott was just really annoyed by him a lot. He's he's whatever. He's a middling character, I feel like. Mm-hmm. There's a lot worse in this movie. Yeah. But he's oh, like, yeah. He's yeah. A, We're going to talk about that. But he's a middling character. And I just it bothers me even more that Tiana is such a good character. Mm-hmm. If Naveen is even half as good a character as Tiana, 
I'm on board more. I think really all the characters around Tiana are weak, except maybe Lottie. Lottie's kind of fun. Like, she's a fun BFF sidekick. Yeah. You know, and Facilier is a great villain. Yes. But I'm just talking, like, side characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. Other than the villain and, like, the love interest. Not everybody's up to par with Tiana and Facilier as far as characters go, so it's a little rough. It's kind of the same thing with the songs in the movie, which we'll talk about, but maybe these are all things that they can fix with the live action remake that we all know is going to come down the pike. <laughs> They're already talking about it. It's coming. Just accept it. I just, just accept that every fucking Disney movie that you know and love is going to get a remake, even if it was made fucking five years ago. Moana's getting a live action remake. Did anyone ask for that? No. Like I, Princess and the Frog, maybe overall people look at it fondly. I think maybe some people think it's due more love. And I would say in certain areas, it definitely is. But it's not it's not lauded as like one of the better Disney movies, which is a shame. But I think that movie, at least, there are weaknesses there that could be improved in a live action one. Oh, yeah. So maybe, maybe that would be nice. Maybe. Don't jump on me. God damn it. No. I'm just saying maybe. The one role I feel like that would be an issue live action, and I feel like it's going to be an issue, mm. is Facilier. Because Keith David I don't, fucking I mean, nails that yes, fucking... Yes, Keith David is awesome. But I think you could find... You could figure well, it out. I, I, it's, it's not going to measure up... No. Maybe like a Leslie Odom Jr. That wouldn't be bad. Would like, would, cause he can get that like, sli- he played a demon on Supernatural. That's so true. he can get like that slippery, slimy, villainy. He, I mean, obviously Aaron Burr was a villain in fucking Hamilton. So he could kind of get that going. So I, I feel like that, just off the top of my head, that's the first thing yeah, I came he, up with. That was not, I, I was thinking about what's his name from Blade, New Blade. Oh, Mahershala? Yeah, Mahershala. Would that's be not fun. a bad one either, Mahershala Ali. But um, there's a lot going on with Princess of the Frog as a property and just in this movie. So I, I want to like start getting into fun facts here. So yeah, let's do it. It was written and directed by Ron Clements and John Musker, who we've talked about before. They did The Little Mermaid and Hercules, both of which we've talked about already on the show. They also did Aladdin and Treasure Planet. They, they got good stuff in the bank. We have the score and the songs written by Randy Newman, who is a Disney Pixar staple. He's behind the music for Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., James and the Giant Peach, and so many much more. Uh, Apparently, he was chosen for this because he is a jazz musician that grew up in New Orleans, which I did not know before doing research for this movie. Interesting. So that's pretty cool, because if you didn't know, the movie takes place in New Orleans in the 20s. So, uh, which is an interesting, like, if you're going to have the first black Disney princess to do it in a time in America in the 20s, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a little rough. You're kind of opening yourself up for potential holes to fall into here and like, you know, things to get a little sticky. But I, I feel like overall they did really well with the aesthetic and the animation as far as like New Orleans and like certain choices they made were really stylistic and nice. Well, yeah, New The character designs for the frogs, not so much. But other than that, they did a good job. Well, yeah, New Orleans is a very fun backdrop. Like that's the thing. Like we've, we've seen New York, we've seen L.A., 
New Orleans has a fun reputation and it's got right, like this. It's, yeah. So as the backdrop, it really kind of does work here to add to this story, especially when you think of things like Mardi Gras. They, right. They have things. And they have all that in the movie and they have like the Southern flavor through the food and the culture down there. So it's, it's nice. That part of it is nicely done. Um, because every fucking piece of food that is made in this movie, I wanted to eat it. Oh, it looks great. So, like, good on the movie for that, at least. Um, I feel like it would burn my insides. But, like, I'm okay with it. <laughs> what a lovely way to burn. Now, while the movie did make money, because Disney, right? It didn't make as much money as they wanted. But it, the reason I would say probably for that is that it was released the same weekend as Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock. Ooh. And avatar (laughs) so it had an uphill battle (laughs) okay yeah it was rough yeah that's a bad weekend uh it was nominated for three oscars that year obviously animated feature which it lost to a pixar film that came out that year called up that destroyed (laughs) fucking cinema that year so it was not only competing with avatar and sherlock it was also competing with up (laughs) that's the other thing when we were watching the movie last night, mm-hmm. I even mentioned to Frankie just off to the side where I'm like, you know, this kind of makes me think of up a little bit where I feel like the first bit of it is unbelievably amazing. Yeah. And, and then, then it, kind, it of- kind of falters towards the end mm-hmm. as it goes. I'm like, up does the same thing. And where everybody talks about that first 10 minutes of up being yeah. unbelievable. I feel like that might be a hot take, but I kind of agree with that. Sorry. I don't really remember much that happens in Up other than Doug and the opening sequence. My name is Doug. I have just met you, and I love you. <laughs> My master made me this collar. He is a good and smart master, and he made me this collar so that I may talk. Squirrel! But, like, ask me the whole, like, plot of fucking Up. I don't really remember it I, I think these two movies are actually a lot more similar than people would think yeah that's probably true but uh, it also did have two original song nominations it lost to crazy love which i love that song and i love that movie jeff bridges like that's a great fucking movie um, but other side man who oh oh that's cute you think that that was nominated oh, it should have been nope yeah was it uh the first the other one so it was almost there, yeah, which that's a is good one. a great, amazing song. And then it was down in New Orleans, which is like the, sort of the, the opening song, which of also the movie. is a, which is also a good song. It, I don't really remember it. It's it, it's good. It's not great. Other side is fucking the fact amazing. That the, the, let's be honest. The fact that the villain song "Friends on the Other Side" was not nominated for an Oscar is a sin. It, I'm sure it was on the short list. It should have been nominated because that and almost there are by far. Oh yeah. The best songs of the movie. I could not tell you the lyrics of any other fucking song in this movie. Fucking come at me. I don't care. I'm right. Well, yeah. When we were in college, my acting group did a musical review. And we did Other Side and mm-hmm. well, as one of the songs. And I was I was the Naveen character getting thrown <laughs> around. By... That makes sense. So it's actually kind of funny that I've never seen this movie, but I've played the Naveen character getting And you hate around. him. This is some self-loathing shit right here. <laughs> you fucking hate Naveen because you hate yourself, Scott. It's how it goes. But before we get into the nitty and the gritty, 
I mean, let's just put it out there because this is like the main thing that Disney fans are talking about now in reference to this movie, other than the fact that it's getting a live action remake. But as far as that's, I mean, every every fucking thing is getting a remake now, so that's not really big news. Obviously, Splash Mountain is no more in the Disney parks, and it's being replaced by Tiana's Bayou Adventure, and it caused a big stir in the Disney community. But it's going to be cute. It's basically going to be Splash Mountain, but with Princess and the Frog characters in it. Minus Ray, because (laughs) he's fucking dead. (laughs) So (laughs) the Firefly is dead. We're going to talk about him. But um, other than that, which I'm super excited about, I think it's going to look great. I think it's going to sound great. And I think I personally really liked Splash Mountain. But I totally understand, like, it's not, it's not a good look. It was never a good look to have a ride based on Song of the South in the, like, it's just so strange to me that that even happened. Like, in the, like, I think late 80s and early 90s that ride was made. And I don't understand how that even happened. Michael Eisner, make it make sense. But. I, I think I think it's gonna work out fine. I think it's gonna be great. So yay! Well, as long as it's still basically bare bones Splash Mountain. It's, yeah, they're not like overhauling the whole fuck. It's just gonna it's gonna get a rehaul, which it fucking needed anyway. Because all the animatronics, from what I remember last time I went there, uh, some of them were looking a little worse for wear. So it's fine. It's gonna be okay, guys. But I do want to mention that the filmmakers did take Princess and the Frog very seriously. Did they get it perfect in this movie as far as, like, racial sensitivities? No. No. Just because of, like, Jim Crow depictions and voodoo and, like we mentioned before, Tiana's just not a human black woman, even though that's who she is. She's a frog for a good chunk of the movie. And, like, that's a fair criticism, I guess. But, again, I just... I don't know how they would... If you're making Princess and the Frog or the Frog Prince or whatever the fuck as an adaptation, then you have to have the main character be a frog for some portion of the time. Well, yeah, no, I'm, I don't think that's the issue. I think it's more because she is the first. Like, if this was like, if she was the second. Right, it wouldn't be a big deal. I think, like, if you were going to do this and have it be a big deal, this is the first Disney princess that's black. I think you should have maybe done another thing and not made her. But I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you should have did another adaptation for her. Because what came after this? Tangled. You could have made Rapunzel black. Why not? Yeah, that would have been fine. You know, switch it up. Make uh, Mandy Moore the frog princess and make Anika Noni Rose Rapunzel. Perfect. I don't know, man. I'll maybe they were too down, too far down the road when they decided all that, but... Yeah, probably. But overall, I'm I'm ready to get into this and discuss the movie Good, Bad, and Indifferent for our 200th episode of Shoot the Flicks. Yes, indeed. Let's go down south and get some gumbo. Okay. So like we mentioned before, the movie opens with the song Down in New Orleans, which is like perfectly fine. It's like a jazzy number. Again, I don't really remember the lyrics. They're not super memorable, but it's fine. It gets you in the zone. We meet Tiana, who is voiced by Anika Noni Rose. She probably, other than this, is most known for Dreamgirls. 
ah. in 06 with uh, Jennifer Hudson and Beyonce, who, by the way, also were considered for this role. Apparently, Beyonce refused to audition, so she was out of the running. But uh, also, Alicia Keys was considered at one point. Tyra Banks was considered at one point. Oh, thank God that didn't happen. No, no. <laughs> Eve's great. <laughs> no matter where she goes. Anyway, Anika Noni Rose plays Tiana, a 19-year-old gal who lost her father, who, by the way, was voiced by Terrence Howard in this, in World War One, And her dad was a hardworking guy who loved to cook and he and Tiana would dream about opening their own place someday. And after he dies, Tiana picks up that dream and she keeps working for it. She works two shifts as a waitress in different restaurants, trying to make her dreams happen. We also meet her BFF Charlotte or Lottie, as she's referred to often in this movie. Now, the design of Lottie, I just wanted to mention because it was, I feel like we've brought up the movie Cats Don't Dance on the show before. She looks like Darla Dimple. It's literally like if you put up a picture of Lottie from this movie and a picture of Darla Dimple from Cats Don't Dance, it's like little Darla Dimple grew up to be this lady. But she's very cute, very bubbly. She uh, provides a good chunk of the comedic relief in here. She likes to throw her father's money around. Yeah, you know, rich white girl shit. Her father is referred to as Big Daddy, and he's voiced by John Goodman. We also meet Tiana's mom, Eudora, who uh, is just like typical supportive mom, and we love that. The only real like notable thing about her is that she's voiced by Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> you get a car. No, you get a po' boy. You get a po' boy. Everyone gets a po' boy. Now, meanwhile, while we are introducing our girl Tiana and her life here in New Orleans, we meet Naveen, Prince Naveen of Maldonia, who comes in off the boat and uh, he has been cut off by his wealthy parents for being a ne'er-do-well and a lazy sack of shit. So he kind of has a plan to... Marry Rich. Right. He's going to woo Charlotte and marry her for her money. When he is announced to have arrived in New Orleans, Big Daddy, as the big daddy of the rich motherfuckers in New Orleans, he decides he's going to throw a masquerade ball in Naveen's honor. And Lottie offers Tiana a shit ton of money. She's like, come to the ball and make your famous beignets and hang out and enjoy the festivities. Well, we, we've learned, though, that Tiana... We've learned that she's a hard worker. Of course. But she doesn't, you know, she doesn't go out. She doesn't have fun. No, she's a very hard-nosed worker. Put your nose to the grindstone. Right. She ignores her personal life. And that's important for, obviously, the lesson she learns in the end. She's basically one extreme of the spectrum, while Naveen is the other extreme of being lackadaisical and lazy. And Tiana is super hardworking and just like workaholic nothing else matters super ultra focused at all times but when lottie offers her all this money to basically cater the masquerade ball she's like oh i finally have enough money to buy this old mill that's kind of dilapidated and run down but i'm gonna buy it uh on the other side of town and i'm going to build my restaurant, Tiana's Place. It's going to be really fucking dope. And we get, again, as I mentioned, 
one of, if not the best song of the movie, Almost There. While this is all going on in the background, we have a voodoo doctor. (laughs) Yes, our Prince Naveen, who's voiced by Bruno Campos, who is a Brazilian-American character actor. He's done mostly TV throughout his career. Uh, He meets, along with his valet, Lawrence, a voodoo doctor by the name of Dr. Facilier. And Dr. Facilier is voiced by the legendary... Keith David. Ooh, yes. Uh, He is an iconic voice. His film debut was back in 1982 with Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, But he's done other Carpenter movies. He voiced Goliath in the Gargoyles cartoon. He just has such a great discernible voice. And uh, apparently when they were creating Dr. Facilier, they saw his design as somewhat of a love child between captain hook and cruella which makes sense to me yeah i can do that but yeah he's just cool as fuck and we get again within the first 20 minutes of the movie we get the two best songs and then that's like that's it for the best fucking songs of the movie uh we get basically dr facilier screwing with naveen and lawrence basically reading their fortunes and he essentially tricks them into falling into one of his little traps well it's it's the genie thing it's like be careful what you wish for right during the whole song friends on the other side Woo! great fucking song it's so fun like he'll drop hints to naveen like oh uh you're hopping around or you're like oh it's the green it's the green it's the green you need Ah. i got voodoo i got voodoo i got things i ain't even tried I got friends on the other side. He's got friends on the other side. So Dr. Facilier ends up turning Naveen into a frog and he gives Lawrence, the valet, Naveen's appearance through this like little voodoo talisman containing Naveen's blood. And that's going to be important for later. But the evil plan that Facilier seems to have here is that he wants Lawrence disguised as Naveen to marry Charlotte And then he somehow was going to, I guess, do away with Big Daddy so Facilier can get his hands on the money. Then we cut to the masquerade ball. Which is just a costume party. Yes, that's what masquerade basically is. <laughs> Didn't you listen to Phantom of the Opera? Masquerade! <laughs> oh, wasn't that's it? What, that's what, the, that's oh. what it is. But at the ball... Tiana uh, speaks with a couple of fucking hotshot dickhead realtor guys. And they're like, well, yes, we know you gave us the deposit for the old mill for your restaurant, Miss Miss Tiana. But unfortunately, someone outbid you. And well, it's all for the better because someone like you couldn't run a restaurant on your own anyway. It's like, what the fuck? Excuse me? It's It's fucked up. It really is. Part of me is like, we've never seen who this higher bidder is. Yeah, it's true. We don't. So, is there a higher bidder? Mm, oh, fuck. Yeah. Ew. Uh, well, she's she's devastated and she ends up, like, I think she just trips over something and makes a mess. So, Lottie, who at that point is off 
dancing in La La Land with who she thinks is Naveen. Uh, she's like, oh, I'm going to take care of my girl here. Hold on. I'll be right back. So she goes upstairs, puts her in like this beautiful gown and a beautiful crown. Cinderella-esque. Yeah. No, for sure. It's like a silvery, bluish situation like Cinderella. Lottie kind of leaves her on her own for a little bit. And Tiana goes out to the balcony and she's wishing on a wishing star. It- it's a beautiful looking scene. It really is. And then she looks down and there's a frog there. And then all of a sudden, uh, it starts talking, and she screams like any normal person would when and a frog starts talking to them. And smashes it with a book. Yeah, girl. It- Knowledge is power. <laughs> okay, so Naveen, because Tiana is so beautifully dressed and adorned with a beautiful crown, he thinks that she's a princess. And he needs a kiss from a princess to break his spell and turn back into a human. That's the whole thing with his voodoo uh, curse here. So he's like, please, oh, please, beautiful woman, kiss me, a lowly frog, and I will turn back into a human and I will finance your restaurant and everything will be fine. I promise. Please kiss me. I promise I won't give you the salmonella. And she kisses Naveen hesitantly, but she does it. And immediately turns into a frog. Yeah. 30 minutes into the movie, we checked the timestamp. It was basically on the 30 minute mark. Nothing feels like that first 30 minutes, and it's sad because, like, if it, if it kept going on the trajectory that it was going, this could have been an all-time great. So, um, Tiana and Naveen are chased into the bayou, and they encounter many much fun characters. Yay! Yay! They're all pretty rough. Not, well, Mama Odie's fun. But I feel like the the first guy we meet is Lewis, and he is an alligator who his whole thing is like he likes to play the trumpet, and he wants to play jazz with the human people, but they're scared of him because he's a scary alligator who's going to eat them. Yep. So that's his whole arc in the movie. It would be okay if like he actually provided some decent comic relief. But he really doesn't, like, at all. No, he doesn't. Like, he, he, it feels like the movie wants him to be, like, a Pumbaa-type character. He's kind of, like, a dummy. Not dumb, but, like, he's, like, klutzy and yeah, dim a little bit. And But he's sweet, nice, yeah. but he's dim and funny. And you're like, no, this isn't really working for me, man. He, he gives us some physical stuff, and you're like, okay, he's our physical gags of the movie. I like the voice. He's voiced by Michael Leon Woolley, and he's he's got a good voice, uh, and he does sing a song. All the songs from here on out are just boring and completely interchangeable, and I don't know any of the words. Ask me the words for this next song, When We're Human, I wouldn't be able to tell you. But the whole song is basically just lewis the alligator talking about how he wants to be human so he can play jazz and tiana and naveen talking about how they want to be human because you know they're actually fucking human and they don't want to be frogs forever the other thing about their time as frogs and one of our issues with naveen is he barely calls tiana tiana oh my god he calls her waitress all the time it's annoying it gets me upset i'm like why do you keep calling her fucking waitress you know her name just call her tiana naveen is a fucking scumbag Okay, well, he has his little turnaround later in the movie when they're bonding, you know, like, he teaches her how to dance to, like, loosen up, you know, 
And she teaches him how to mince vegetables so he can help her cook. That's how they bond. They kind of bring each other closer together in the spectrum of laziness to hardworkingness. And it, you know, they're becoming closer. Yay. But like, it's, I don't know. I think it's a chemistry issue. I also think it's a character design issue. But I also think it's a weak character development with Naveen I think that's part of it because you can't just say like oh okay he knows what the value of hard work is now because he knows how to cut vegetables like I I don't it's not giving me much no we try to have a moment like oh I've had everybody do everything for me my entire life so I know how to do nothing and you're like oh you should feel bad for this poor poor human being who's never done anything in his life (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry for you. He was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Oh, no. (laughs) And and later on in the movie, there's this part where they're chased by hunters and Naveen saves Tiana. And like that is supposed to be a catalyst as well for their romantic feelings. But like he would have done that before because when they're being chased out of the party and into the bayou, they're like helping each other because they know that they kind of need each other to survive this thing. So they're like, okay, come on. So it's nothing. There's no like one magical moment where you feel like they're chemistry together and you feel like they're falling in love. No, but we get even less magic with Mr. Jim Cummings. Okay, so yeah, let's let's move on to our other sort of comic relief sidekick, Animal Man. Um, oh boy, I don't remember this character being so rough. It's really rough. It's the character of Ray, the Firefly. He's voiced by Jim Cummings, who I don't want to be too hard on because he is an infamous voice actor. Uh, particularly with Disney stuff, he voiced Darkwing Duck, Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, like the guys great with this shit we just talked about him recently i think with scooby-doo on zombie island like he's great this was a bad choice made by like casting whoever's like oh this character is gonna be down in the bayou he's gonna be our creole character yeah he's a super duper cajun creole character and it it would be okay with like if that's what you wanted in the movie if you wanted that representation but it's not okay that it's just such a stereotype the accent is insane and jim cummings uh, is white white as the driven snow and he's doing this super duper cajun accent the character of ray is stupid he's actually like we i know we said lewis was stupid he's not really stupid he's more like ditzy ray is stupid well yeah ray thinks (laughs) Uh, Ray is dumb and Ray is delusional because he thinks the star in the sky is his girlfriend. Evangeline. It's I don't even know. I mean, the fact that I know Jim Cummings is white obviously has something to do with it. But it's not even just that. It's just like the stereotypical. Oh, no. Ray's just not funny. Yeah. Well, obviously, he's not funny. But just, yeah, the stereotypical nature of the character is really it's like uncomfortable at times. (laughs) And like, it, maybe it would help if he was actually funny, but he's not funny. He's just distracting. Yeah. He doesn't really do much. He leads them. Okay. So the whole thing is they want to figure out how they can turn back into humans and like break the spell, blah, blah, blah. 
So Lewis originally is like, oh, we have to find Mama Odie. She's this voodoo priestess that lives here in the bayou. She can help us. And Ray runs into them and he's like, oh, you're going the wrong way. I'm not even going to try to do the accent. Oh, you're going the wrong way. So I'll go with you and we'll find Mama Odie together. So he just we just collect these animals in the bayou as our friends. And we go along on this adventure to find Mama Odie so she can help us. And they give Ray two songs. Oh, yeah. They give Ray two songs. Anika Noni Rose, who is a great fucking singer. The fact that they gave Jim Cummings as this fucking Firefly two full songs and they didn't give Tiana more than one full song. That's insane to me. Well, yeah, she's got, well, she's got almost there. She's got the duet. She's got like the, no, what duet does she have? Oh, with uh, fucking uh, Naveen when they're frogs. That, that We just talked about it. It's like the nothing song. Oh, that was yeah. That's a nothing song. I don't even that barely exists. That song, but she doesn't have a song to herself. No, after that, no. She has a reprise of "Down in New Orleans" at the very, very end, but it's very, very short. If you want to count all of that jumbled together, she gets a full song to herself, and then some jumbled bullshit. Yeah, like she, she got like a song verses and a half. here and there. Fucking Ray gets two full songs. <laughs> he gets a song called uh, "Gonna Take You There." Which is Which awful. is just, we're on this adventure and we're going through the bayou and it's it's bad. It's bad. I don't remember any of the words. It's totally not memorable at all. And then we get the song called Mabel Evangeline. And that's essentially introducing us to Ray's arc in the movie. And that is that he thinks that the evening star, the brightest star in the sky, is actually his girlfriend slash another firefly named Evangeline. And none of the other fucking characters in this movie want to hurt his little firefly feelings because fireflies only live on average for two months. So he's got a very short lifespan and we don't want to ruin it by breaking his little delusions. So we keep him in complete darkness, ironically, because he's a firefly, for the entire movie. And don't worry, he doesn't even make it to the full two months, guys. He he doesn't make it. Thank God. Um. Oh no. But yeah, those those are rough. And then the humor in this is, I don't know. And it's so weird because this is these are the people that did Aladdin and Hercules, which, mind you, I mean, the main source of humor in Aladdin was Robin Williams, and he did a lot of improv. And the main source of humor in Hercules arguably would be Hades and James Woods did Hades and he improvised a lot too. So maybe that's the problem. We didn't really have anybody in here that was willing to chop it up and improvise. But yeah, it, it was just, the humor is where I don't know where where it is. Where is it? Not here. Like Lewis is whatever. He he's a nothing burger basically. And Ray is just... Oh, now, Cher, I know we got to get to Mama Odie lickety split, but this particular extractification grant take a while, yeah. Fast forwarding, because we already said he dies. The, the moment where he dies, like, Facilier, like, steps on him. And you're like, it's this big moment where you're like, oh, my God, like, they really want you to cry. Oh, yeah, they have the rain coming down and everything. It's so pathetic. I'm like... <laughs> we were like, yay! Like he's, he's gone. Dead. Finally. <laughs> I understand you want to have like fun animal sidekicks. I get it. Well, that's a Disney staple. But I, that's the thing fine. Is, but it's just. I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, did Timon and Pumbaa 
Because that's the first thing I think when I think animal sidekicks in Disney, right? Yeah, you think Timon, Timon and Pumbaa. Pumbaa. That's like the S tier animal sidekicks in Disney. Well, yeah, because well, they bounce off each other well. Right, true. Which, yeah, Ray and fucking Lewis barely talk to each other. So it's like, what the fuck? Okay. But do Timon or Pumbaa in The Lion King? I'm not talking about Lion King like one and a half. Or yeah, Lion yeah, King yeah, yeah, yeah. In The Lion King, did Timon and Pumbaa have like personal arcs other than supporting Simba? No. Like all their humor and all their work in the movie is in support of Simba. Yeah, Timon's the wise cracking, fast talking meerkat and Pumbaa's just the the fatty who farts a lot <laughs> and like but like God, when I was a young um, warthog Pumbaa not from the kids. And I'm not saying they didn't have personality. There's a difference between having personality and having an a, like a personal arc and Lion King wasn't Lion King is different directors and writers from this but I think that might be maybe part of the problem like that we're trying to spread this story out too much like we're focusing on the main couple here that's supposed to be a romance we're supposed to be focusing on them Naveen's underdeveloped Tiana's a fucking ugly frog like I'm sorry as a frog she's ugly as a human she's hot let's fucking cut the middleman out and make her hot again or at least make her a hot frog which is a weird sentence to say but just go with me on this there's a couple times in this movie where they try to do like the can you feel the love tonight thing where they have the fucking sexy eyes and I'm like no it's not I'm not feeling this no and for some reason in Lion King it worked I don't know why maybe because the song was fire I don't know but I'm not feeling it here it's not working for me well well, Frankie Frankie that's mucus not slime god like gross anyway the focus it's not centrally on Tiana and Naveen like it should be. Yes. In this movie. They try to do maybe a little too much with the side characters. Mama Odie, I feel like, is the best side character. She's there for a purpose. She does her little song. Her song is bad too, but it's not it's whatever. It's fine. But as a character, Mama Odie is better. She has a purpose. She's there for a reason to help the our main characters get where they need to be. She has her little jokes here and there that were actually little, like, they made us laugh. Yeah. Mama Odie actually made us laugh. Well, okay. So, now that we're talking about this. Yes. Do you think the addition of Lewis and Ray mm-hmm. are just filler because they were like, oh, our script's only 50 pages long. We need to fill time. Yeah, that's very likely. I mean... I think if you narrowed it down, I think you could have did just one of them and it would have been fine and you could have done more to maybe develop the actual fucking romance in the movie instead of focusing on the fake one with the fucking firefly and a star. Like what that what does that do for the movie? Nothing. It really doesn't do anything. And I'm sorry. I don't know like th- how the general consensus really is for this movie. I know people love Tiana and people think Naveen is hot. But I don't know like the general consensus on Ray. We might be upsetting a lot of Firefly enthusiasts. Oh, well, that, that's a different show there. But I Well, <laughs> listen. Um, <laughs> you can't take the sky from me. No. <laughs> so I feel like that would have worked so much better. And then you would have room because two more so- two songs would be eliminated. 
you have room to put actual like good memorable songs in there maybe give one to you know fucking yeah give one to naveen i was gonna say give another one to anika but you could do that too you give one give them a love ballad give them a can you feel the love tonight where fucking sexy frog eyes might make a little more sense Again, a weird sentence, but I'm standing by it, okay? Okay? I'm literally, like, dissecting this in real time. I'm trying to whoa, work whoa, out my whoa, feelings. Whoa, not the frog. I'm not whoa, dissecting a frog. Whoa, I'm sorry. Whoa. What? I was going to say we were talking about frogs. Dissection. All right. All right. <laughs> but essentially, the theme of the movie that Mama Odie is trying to give us. By the way, Mama Odie is voiced by Jennifer Lewis. When we were watching the movie, I had to go back and Google, because I thought I knew who Jennifer Lewis was, and I'm like, this is this is mama odie because jennifer lewis her voice is at a lower register she's a character actor she's been in a hundred fucking things i remember watching her when i watched fresh prince she played Anne helen you know how some men are animals in bed yes (laughs) well i don't (laughs) so when mama odie started talking and singing i'm like what the fuck it's like is this really oh no it is her oh wow Though she has a cute uh, snake sidekick that saves her life a couple times. Yeah, because she's blind. She's 200 years old and blind. So she's got a snake, like, little helper that's, like, her seeing eye snake, basically. Oh, yeah. And, like, her little, like, right-hand snake. And it's great. Like, that provided an actual decent amount of humor well yeah because there's one point she's walking towards like a hole in the ground and the snake creates a bridge for her to walk yeah, over yeah yeah i looked at frankie go how many times do you think this snake has saved this fucking woman's <laughs> life <laughs> but yeah the main theme of the movie for her trying to bring home to tiana and naveen really is like okay you guys want to be human like naveen you want to have money so you want to marry lottie and get your money and like tiana you want to have your restaurant but what do you need and odie kind of tries in her song dig a little deeper to help them see that and kind of guide them uh but it doesn't fully get through like uh tiana's just like well i i know what to do now mama odie i need to work twice as hard to become human again and work my butt off so i can get my restaurant and she's like oh, god damn it all right we're gonna have to do this the hard way <laughs> and um she's like well listen here in order to break the curse you need to have naveen kiss a princess so uh how do we do that well big daddy is king of the mardi gras parade or the like the day and ends at midnight so that means his daughter lottie is a princess until midnight, until midnight. And, and naveen's like does that count and she's like yes <laughs> sure it does go go kiss her so they hop on a boat back to new orleans and they go to find lottie naveen laments to ray and to himself about, well, now I fall in love with fucking Tiana. So what the what am I going to do now? And he attempts to propose to her. But then Tiana starts talking about her big dream for the restaurant. And he's like, damn, I can't take away. Her I can't dream, I can't blah, risk blah. that. All right. I, I got to do what I got to do here. I got to go and make out with her best friend and marry her. So <laughs> it's for you. Right. It's, it, I made out with her for you. Right. But all this is going on. Lawrence has become Naveen and has now convinced Lottie to marry him, but he's running out of Naveen's blood, so Facilier is sending his shadow creatures 
that he takes from his friends on it's the other side. It's demons. Let's stop fucking around here. It's demons, damn it. Demons. Yes. They have demons in a Disney movie. Yeah, Facilier has made a pact with demons, the devil, whatever you want to say. He eventually does capture Nadine, and uh, this leads to our misunderstanding that happens in every love movie. Yeah, it felt like pretty rushed, to be fair. They were like, all right, let's get this done quick. Like, literally, it's all solved within, like, maybe ten minutes. Well, yeah. Um, so Naveen gets kidnapped by the demons. Dr. Facilier uses his blood to replenish the talisman. So Lawrence turns back into human Naveen, and they lock Frog Naveen up in a little box. Now, Tiana, meanwhile, is looking for Naveen because Ray's fucking dumbass, his big mouth, he fucking told her that Naveen's in love with her. So she runs off going to look for him and she sees human Naveen, who she thinks is the real Naveen, on a parade float marrying Lottie. And she's like, well, what the fuck? Am I just not? Which doesn't make sense because if he kissed her and was going to marry her, then she would turn back into a frog. So wouldn't she be? Yep happy about this no yes is she just mad because he's in love with her and she's in love with him but now he's marrying lottie which is was the plan when we left to come here it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense guys i I think sorry but doesn't that (laughs) plus like oh the magic didn't work on me maybe Um. yeah i don't know it's a little confusing but uh ray ends up going off and rescuing froggy naveen from the little box oh yes he 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 does his one thing to make him relevant in the movie. He, this Which is, could have very easily been Lewis if we played our cards right, but it's fine. It's fine. We'll give it to weird Cajun Jim Cummings for some reason. <laughs> He's uh, even got, like, missing teeth. I didn't know fireflies had teeth, but apparently Cajun fireflies got to have missing teeth and dirty, unkempt hair. Like, I don't understand. You uh, went out of your way to, like, you know, the first black princess you went out of your way to try to do it right even though you put it in 1920s fucking new orleans it's fine the 20s were great to black people i'm sure yeah okay so (laughs) you went out of your way though to try to like do everything right and be really as meticulous as you thought you could be at the time but yet you just let this fucking abomination (laughs) through the fucking like why why would you do i don't get it anyway sorry um so ray saves the day he gets the talisman and he releases naveen and he throws the talisman and eventually tiana gets her hands on it but not before facilier takes his big old foot and crushes ray into dust and as Tiana's about to destroy the talisman. This is a great fuck. This scene. is this is what more we needed. Great fucking scene. Facilier turns her human and shows her Tiana's place, basically. Like puts her in the middle of Tiana's place. We could have had like some other interaction like that. In Between the, movie. the two of them. With yeah, with Facilier trying to turn her against Naveen. And try to get her to help. We could have had that that way. You could have killed two birds with one stone. You could have had Tiana actually be Tiana for more time in the movie. And also you could have got more of this great like chemistry interaction. Like there's more chemistry between freaking Facilier and Tiana. And I'm not saying romantic chemistry. I'm just saying like scene chemistry. Like ooh, like you get it's a good fucking scene. It's a great scene. And Uh, that's the thing like. Again, this is the best scene we've had since the first 30 minutes uh, yeah. of the movie. So we're like eating this up with a fork and knife. 
Okay, so Facilier gives her basically like a big old illusion around her of Tiana's place. This regal, beautiful restaurant, bustle and hustle all around. Everyone's happy. Music's playing. Everything's cool, man. And everything is dope as fuck. And Facilia goes to Tiana and is like, this could all be yours. I could help you achieve your dream. All you have to do is give me the talisman back. And she's like, yeah, but if I do that, then like Naveen's fucked, right? So he tries to tempt her and it's like this whole, it's so fucking good. Uh, He's like, oh, you know, your daddy died working like a dog and you don't want to live like that, do you? Shame all that hard work didn't amount to much more than a busted up old gumbo pot and a dream that never got off the back porch. But you, you can give your poor daddy everything he ever wanted. It's so good. It's so believable. And you can feel Tiana, like, struggling. Yeah. But then, like, she has that realization, you know, that, that aha moment that Mama Odie was trying to get her to get to. And we get the the lesson of the movie. You know, I I want this dream more than anything. And my daddy wanted this dream more than anything. But at the end of the day, he had what he needed. He had love. He had family. He had people that cared about him. That's really what he needed at the end of the day. And that's what I choose. So he, she fucking smashes the goddamn talisman. Uh, not before he turns her back into a frog, of course, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it was just a great fucking moment. And then, and then the death scene. Ugh. Facilier. And all the demons and devils coming in. He's like, I, don't worry. I can fix this. I can pay my debt. And the demons drag him basically to hell. And it's oh, so good. So no, good. we say H-E double hockey stick, so, Scott. Sorry, this sorry. is a Disney movie. Sorry, sorry. This is a kid's mouth. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Fro- um, Frollo's, Frollo's a judge. He's not a priest. Sorry. Um, right, for sure. So <laughs> Tiana and Naveen end up meeting up. And she overhears Naveen talking to Lottie about how much... He loves Tiana and Lottie's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll kiss Naveen so he'll turn, you guys can turn back into humans and then everything will be fine. Like, it's, it's all good, right? But like, she misses her deadline. Yes. We just, we talked too goddamn much about our feelings in this moment. It's like a minute to midnight and they're like, Naveen, I love you. Nothing's, none of this means anything without you. And it's like, okay, can we like wrap it up though? Can we, we got shit to do. So... <laughs> they missed the deadline Lottie kisses Naveen too late and they are stuck as frogs now supposedly so Naveen and Tiana go back to the bayou and they have a froggy wedding with Mama Odie officiating and they're like we're just gonna live our lives as frogs and be happy as fuck I'm gonna open my own restaurant in the bayou and I'm a frog and I'm gonna cook and still be the shit Except some flies, you know. Right. Just killing it. And Naveen, you will be there as my mincer. Oh, my God. She'll be ratatouille just with frogs. Oh, my God. (laughs) But because Naveen is the prince of Maldonia, when he marries Tiana and they kiss as husband and wife, she is now a princess. Ah. So it breaks the spell. They turn back into humans, beautiful, hot humans. And they make out and they're together. And then we get kind of an epilogue of 
them getting the old mill and building it into Tiana's place. Threatening the big people restaurant. with alligators. Right. Lewis essentially becomes like the mob boss over here, like the heavy trying to, you know, make shit happen for Tiana. And they build the restaurant. Everything's great. And it's gorgeous and she's super successful naveen's up there performing lewis is up there trumpeting away and yeah happy ending man well i i I love it i have two questions at the end sure if she didn't turn back into a human how are you explaining this to your mother that you were turned into a frog also now that they're both human can they still speak to lewis (laughs) or is lewis just like he speaks alligator and they're just like oh yeah oh mm-hmm. yeah I, you could go either way really because if you have experienced that kind of like language and you know it then maybe you can understand it but then also it also makes sense if they just don't understand him anymore and they're it, just is it a dr doolittle situation i need to know if this is a dr doolittle it's like situation. Baby geniuses when they get to be like three years old they just forget how to talk to people <laughs> it's fine though i'm a normal person i've never even seen that fucking movie but it's fine i don't care that was princess and the frog guys i feel like this was really fun to talk about because there are so many ups and downs it has so much promise yeah that's what's like a bummer that's that's the frustrating thing because you can see where this movie can go yeah and that's what frustrates me the most about this movie you're like it's almost there oh my god (laughs) i get it i agree with you completely and i feel like maybe that's why i don't know if this is happening i heard chitter and chatter that there's gonna be like a animated series on disney plus like a sequel series with tiana i don't know if that's actually happening but if that does i'd be down to watch that and see what they do with it also if they do a live action movie i'd be down to watch that just because i feel like even though princess and the frog is in a lot of ways like normal disney fare right it's got the the princess and the love interest and the funny quote-unquote animal sidekicks it didn't live up to its full potential like we're saying so if they did a live action movie it could potentially improve upon things in the animated version that were a little lackluster and also kind of highlight things that we wanted more of in the movie like you know tiana uh and anika noni rose singing although if we did the live action now i mean i think she's we would have to find because she's 19 tiana's 19 so we would need to find yeah but that's that won't be too difficult yeah she aged out a little bit we gotta we gotta find a a solid tiana i'm sure we can do it i'm cool with it what did you what did you rate this we both had a difficult time rating this i was kind of stuck between three and three and a half because there was a lot that i liked but a lot that i didn't and i feel like there's so much good there that, like, I didn't know. I ended up giving it a three. It was at a three before I kept it at a three. Yeah, and I was kind of on the other side. I was a two and a half to a three. I ended up giving it a three as well. But I'm like, again, I wish there was something more. And I like, I see the skeleton there. <laughs> skeleton, because it's a, a voodoo guy. In yes, it. exactly. Agreed. So next week, we are, are moving on from the wonderful world of Disney and we are gonna hit a, a duo here scott's gonna show me a movie and then the week after that i'm gonna show scott a movie and these two movies coming up 
within the next two weeks have a very distinct thing connecting them, a very strong vibe in common. Also, next week's movie might have a connection to a more recent movie. Oh, no, that just came out that maybe has some weird um, implications, kind of like similarly to this movie, but maybe to another race of people. Mm, maybe. Hmm, maybe. That's so mm. okay. Cool. Ah, I'm mm. excited even more now. Ah. So um, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick, and check out all of her episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even iHeartRadio or anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our fucking fuckity fuck fuck. There's a lot of fucks in this next movie, by the way. It's a fucking fucking fuck ton of a movie fucking adventure. I've got friends on, on the, the other side. side. You remind me of a man.